former professional kicker who spent way too much time in the offensive film room. And I'm Anthony LaFreary, an award-winning sports reporter who is officially off the Nooch bandwagon. Oh, really? It only took you a quarter? No, it took me two and a half. Oh, very good. Very good. All right, guys, we are here with our waiver wire episode of the week. But real quick, at FCK Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. If you're watching on YouTube, please go ahead and smash that like button for us. Hit subscribe on both YouTube and on Apple Podcasts. And lastly, leave us a comment if you're watching on YouTube. We'd love to hear feedback and answer all of your trade and start sit questions. Tomorrow, we have a special guest on our trade target episode, the Fantasy Doctor. We look forward to talking with him and hearing who he has as his buy low, sell highs. All right, Paul, it's time for the fastest 90 seconds in fantasy football, the rundown. High-powered matchup of the week was the Steelers and Ravens. You know, we still haven't seen everything we wanted to from Lamar Jackson. He had a better game. The big story here was J.K. Dobbins is getting more and more in the mix. Uh, we've been talking about him for the last couple of weeks. Juju is still the safety valve for Ben in that game. Uh, Tua got his first win for the Dolphins, not loving anybody from that lineup. Tua was very mediocre. Cooper Cup finally broke out with 11 catches. In Kansas City, Mahomes was sensational. They destroyed the Jets as we knew they would. Dalvin Cook was an absolute monster with three touchdowns for the Vikings, leading them in an upset victory over the Packers. Indy won by 20 points over Detroit, but even though Rivers' stat line says three touchdown passes, he wasn't all that spectacular. Uh, Detroit, they're not using Galladay and Swift effectively, and now Galladay is hurt. Uh, the Raiders beat the Browns 16-6, to but, you know, we haven't seen it from Baker. We thought he might be there from after his five-touchdown performance. He wasn't able to bounce back. Josh Jacobs finally went over 100 yards. Joe Burrow was absolutely sensational yesterday, yesterday in the Bengals' upset victory over Tennessee. And the Buffalo Bills knocked off the New England Patriots 24-21. to uh, Damian Harris is the lead dog now. It's pretty assured. We may talk about him shortly. Drew Locke showed he can be a big-time player in big-time situations. Fant had a pretty good game as well as Mike Williams. Russ keeps on cooking, putting up 37 points against the San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, Lockett was good. Metcalf was great. And the 49ers uh, lost Garoppolo and Kittle. We'll talk more about that later. Saints won in overtime against the Bears. Uh, and lastly, on Sunday night football, the Eagles won 23 to 9. There's a couple players that we're going to be talking about for the Eagles that really came into prominence. All right, and it is time to reveal our top five waiver wire ads of the week. It is starting to get into crunch time for our fantasy football leagues heading into week nine. We are already past the halfway point of the season, so make sure. You're using your fab money if somebody comes up that you think can be a difference maker on your team. Really quick, our criteria for this is they have to be under 50% owned in ESPN Fantasy Leagues. There are guys that are only 55% owned and 60% owned that do warrant consideration as well. So you need to check that out in your league. So, Ant, we'll go 5-4-3-2. You go first, I go second, and then we'll hit them with our number one. So, Hit them with your five, four, three, two waiver wire pickups of the week. Okay, so real quick, number five, I've got Jared Cook for no other reason that Emmanuel Sanders is on the COVID list, and I am legitimately worried about Michael Thomas being phased out or traded in New Orleans. 
Number four, Nick Foles. I know things didn't look so great for him last week, but his weeks 13 through 16 opponents include Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville. He's also owned in 8% of leagues. Give me some of that action. Number three, Corey Davis. He's had at least 12.5 points per game. Went off against Cincy. Only owned 36% of leagues. And number two, Paulie, your boy, Damian Harris Stoltz, 16 for 102 and a score. He's now proven he's the man and somehow 70% available. Yeah, I'll, I'll instead of going with the ones that I agree with you on, I'll give you first uh, Nick Foles. I know you made your big case for <laughs> Foles. I thought it was a really wonderful story about uh, the tales of Nick Foles' career. But their line is so bad. Like, Montgomery is being hit in the backfield more than anybody else. Foles doesn't have a ton of time to throw. He's not elusive enough. I will hold my judgment on whether or not I think he's going through his progression appropriately, even though he doesn't – because he doesn't have time. I'm not picking him up. He didn't come near my list. But if you need a quarterback, you know, you've been right on these before. So – the, the the I was starting to get off, but then I looked at his schedule, and again, I don't really see a, a really vaunted pass rush there that you got to worry with the line. The Lions, no pass rush to speak of. Houston, yeah, they have J.J. Watt. I understand that, but he's a little past it. Minnesota, they're, they're clearly sellers. Who knows who's even going to be there? And then Jacksonville is Jacksonville. Your number five, Jared Cook, I think is interesting because you and I at the beginning of the season, we were not Jared Cook guys. We thought that like he caught, he caught something like 40 passes last year and nine were touchdowns, which is just a ridiculous ratio. Yeah. But with the lack of, you know, viable receivers at the moment, whenever they get inside the 20, they're tossing Jared Cook the ball, even though he's not getting a lot of targets, you know, in the first half. You know, he, he, the, he's worth considering. I kind of like perfect bye week fill in tight end. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yep. And that to me is worth number five on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. My number five is your number three, and that's Corey Davis. Uh, he's scored in double digits now every single game, and he's had 10 targets or more in the last two games. We know how good he was out of Western Michigan or central Michigan. I can't remember. He was the fifth overall pick and he looks like he's finally coming into prominence with AJ Brown being able to take the top off of the defense. He's looked pretty good. Uh, my number four, I really debated of putting him as high as number one on my list. And that's Jalen Rieger out of TCU. This is a guy that the Eagles drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson, ahead of Brandon, Ayuk, ahead of T Higgins. This is the best, wide receiver draft class in since 1996 with, you know, the Marvin Harrison, T.O., uh, Randy Moss class. Jalen Rieger is a downfield threat. He, they're trying to get him the ball on some bubble screens, on some quick outs. Uh, he looked really good yesterday. And what was his first shot since the, the first uh, week of the season? He looked healthy. His one drop in the end zone, by the way, he scored a touchdown. He dropped another one on the, in the end zone but he's wearing like a, a brace on his finger. That could have been a two touchdown game. I'm buying Jalen Rieger big time here. 
My number three is somebody that I literally texted everybody who plays DraftKings to put this guy on your lineup. He was $3,500, and that's Darnell Mooney. This is another guy from the rookie receiver class who has now had 25 targets since week three. He has supplanted Anthony Miller as the number two guy there in Chicago. And Foles throws it deep to him at least once per game. My number two is Dallas Goddard. He came off IR somewhat unexpectedly on, uh, I believe it was Friday or Saturday. And they slowly worked him in. I know Rieger looked a lot better than Goddard did um, and got more targets than Goddard did on Sunday. But they're going to work Goddard in more and more. And he is the guy there. He's also a phenomenal red zone option. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's really good takes there. Um, Mooney, you could pick him up and change your team name to the Mooney Blues. Very Just good. Saying. You know, I love my team name references there. But, yeah, no, it's really, really good stuff. Goddard, I wish I would have put Goddard at number five instead of Cook because I'm not a big believer in Cook's, you know, production. It's just the opportunity was there. All right, who is your number one? Uh, my number one, this, this is the part where we say Paulie's really smart, J.K. Dobbins. I think, he's, I think he's one more big week away from becoming J.K. Dobbins' Stoltz. Um, Listen, 15 for a buck 13. He finally got his opportunity with Mark Ingram out of the lineup, more touches. He took a big, big step become, towards becoming the team's feature back. And he's still only owned in 47% of leagues. He needs to be owned in 100% of leagues by the end of Wednesday. Uh, I've now made the case for J.K. Dobbins for a couple weeks now. I mean, I just flat out think he's the most talented back in that offense. And I'll say it again, because he is faster, because he is more explosive, linebackers and edge rushers need to cheat in order to contain Dobbins and Lamar Jackson in the read option. Whereas Gus Edwards is a little slower. Mark Edwards is a little slower. You can get a linebacker caught cheating one way or the other. He bodes well for Lamar Jackson as well as for himself for that offense. Uh, I, I didn't actually, I thought J.K. Dobbins was above 50% uh, ownership, so I didn't put him on. But my, my number one is your number two, uh, Damian Harris. I have been touting, I try not to repeat guys on this list, but I've been touting for three weeks now. Damian Harris has been my number one uh, waiver out of the week, that he will be the starter once he's healthy, and that is proven to be true. He now is averaging something like six yards a carry over his past few weeks where he's been the number one. The only thing to look out for with Damian Harris is that the Patriots do abandon their lead back, the traditional Sony Michelle back, who is now Damian Harris, in games where they are losing. And that's when Cam is at his worst, when he's just forced to throw out of the pocket. So be selective if you pick up Damian Harris. Make sure it's a game that the Patriots are going to be competitive in. If they're going to be competitive, Damian Harris will touch the ball 15 to 20 times and five to six yards per carry, and he's the goal line guy as well. Yeah, I, I, another guy, uh, like I said with Dobbins, he, he's available in 70% of leagues, believe it or not. He needs to be owned in 100 by the end of waivers on Wednesday. 100% he needs to be owned. 
And I want to also throw, throw in a couple nominees, a couple names that I had written down. So the first is LaMichael Pirine. He was in both of our lists last week. The Love Jets it. obviously got killed. Uh, they were doing, you know, they were still throwing Frank Gore out there. I don't necessarily think LaMichael Pirine's good, but he's worth, or he, he's okay. He, he's worth owning. He's the better pass catcher of the two. Uh, Jacoby Myers, he did this last year at one point where he became the number one target and, and supplanted Nikhil Harry, even when Brady was the quarterback. Uh, Jacoby Myers is 16 targets over the last two weeks. I don't think that's a fluke. He's a pretty good route runner. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, I don't like. I don't think he's very good. But the Colts are very frustrated with Jonathan Taylor uh, as their lead dog right now. So they're trying other things out. And Jordan Wilkins does have a better yards per carry than Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Gerald Everett is a, is a pretty decent one who uh, I believe he's the better pass catcher than Tyler Higby. I believe Higby's the better blocker. So if you need to stream a tight end, that's not a bad option. And my guy that I added to this late and debated putting in there, uh, who I would even put in, in there ahead of your number five tight end with Jared Cook, is Ross Dwelly. Uh, Kittle, it was just announced, is officially out for, I believe it's eight weeks. What we've seen in the past is that Ross Dwelly fills that Kittle role decently four five six targets few catches every week that's not a bad one especially in deeper leagues what about Mysteriopolo being out you think that could hurt him you know it'd be interesting uh Jeff Garcia made a really great point last night which is that um Garoppolo sort of just runs this offense um like you, you send him the play and he does what you tell him to do Whereas both uh, C.J. Beathard as well as Nick Mullins uh, show some more creativity when they run this offense. Now, you know, Mullins put up 230 yards in a quarter and a half against that really soft zone yesterday. Uh, I, he threw a few passes to Dwelly. I, again, I don't love Dwelly. It's why, it's, not, it's why he wasn't top five on my list. But I don't think he gets killed too much by not having mysterious Jimmy Garoppolo out there. Mm. I'll hit you with just a couple of quick mentions, even though we're, we're, we're pretty much out of time here. Uh, Derek Carr, referencing you, I'll just say his week 12 through 16 opponents. Jets, Colts, that's a tough one. But then after that, he gets the Chargers and he gets Miami. Pretty good matchups the rest of the way. Uh, other honorable mention, Troy Main Pope. We don't know what the deal is with that running back situation with the Chargers. Uh, he seems like another do-it-all guy. He's worth stashing until Eckler's back. Yeah, I, I'd love to comment on that one quick. That, that was a great one, Ann. And I actually had him written down somewhere in my notes and, and forgot that one. What they're looking to do is giving him, is they look to give him essentially the Eckler role until Eckler gets back. He is a um, Darren Sproles type back, really small, good pass catcher, fine space, good acceleration. And you and I have said all season, we are not impressed with Joshua Kelly. And they're letting Justin Jackson play, uh, take most of the, 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 the runs, right? Most of the carries and then working Tremaine Pope in, on passing downs, as well as he played a little bit of slot last night. Thanks for tuning in this week, everyone, to our waiver wire episode. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts on YouTube as well. Uh, at FCK Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. And make sure you tune in tomorrow for our trade targets. Buy low, sell high. We have a special guest on at Your Fantasy Doctor 
on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone.